0: This is the word of the Lord. That was great I you see it, before I jump in, uh, she's got more guts than most of you Right? Because most of y'all don't even read that quietly and listen to your Bible, reading plan of your house by yourself. Right? So, again, Nina, thank you so much. That was excellent. That was excellent. So, I struggle with some of those names, too. Now, here's a little uh, tip. When you get across some of those names... Just say it with confidence and no one will know. Right? Well, we'll have, someone will think it's something else and no well, she said it with confidence, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. And so I we have a lot of guests so I just want to let you guys know, one of the reasons that we're reading the genealogy is the past two weeks we've read this and we're looking at people in the family line of Jesus. Right? Because so often when we think about Jesus... Unfortunately, we have this idea that you know, Jesus brings in those people that are good. Jesus brings in those people that clean themselves up. In like fact, I have heard preachers say stuff like, you need to clean yourself up. You need to be better. You need to try harder. And yet, when we look at those people that are in the family line of Christ, And remember, he's God, right? He he existed before he was born of the Virgin Mary. He's always been, and he got to be the one who decided who would be in his family line. And then growing up, we usually put on felt boards and coloring books. We want to make these people out to be superheroes, and they were. And today we're looking at the life of Ruth. And before I do that, I'm going to just ask, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill me and speak through me. And I'm going to ask, don't just listen to the right? uh, and pray. Because God can listen to more than just one person. I can't, but you can't. So just ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to you as I preach. Father, I ask that you would just fill me up with your Holy Spirit. That you would hide me behind the cross. You would hide me behind Jesus. Father, I ask that your words would go forth today. Because my words can't do anything but your words can change lives, can alter the course of eternity. So I ask you to fill me up and you would speak to each and every one of us, that each one of us, myself included, would leave this room loving you more than we did when we walked in. I ask you to do the power of your Holy Spirit and by the authority of King Jesus. Amen. So again, we're looking at the life of Ruth. And if you don't know the Old Testament, if you're not familiar with her story, there's a whole book named Ruth. And that's where we find her story. It's easy to find. Uh, if you don't know where it's at, just look in the front. That first page has some books and some numbers <laughs> next to it, and it's easy to get to. It's there in the Old Testament. It takes up 25, 30 minutes to read it. In fact, I encourage you to go through and read it this week. It is an encouraging book. And I'm going to try to fly through in the next, you know, 18 minutes what actually uh I was at a church a few years ago. We took about nine weeks to go through this book. So I want going to fly over. I know that's where my regulars are laughing and saying, whatever, but I'll get there, I promise. But the first thing when you look at the book of Ruth is she's not one of the people of God. She's a Moabite. She's from outside. She's an outsider. She's a foreigner. She's one of those people that does not the law. And the reason we know about her is this lady Naomi, her and her husband were Jews, and they left because of a famine, and her sons married these two women, Ruth being one. <coughs> and then they come back because Naomi's husband dies. Ruth, Ruth's husband dies, and they're left these widows alone. And again, she's coming back into Israel, and these people would be like, oh, there's a Moabite. This is great. If you know the history in Genesis, The Moabites come from Genesis 19, where Lot and his daughter have relations that you shouldn't have in God. And this is the origins of these Moabite people. This entire people are born out of sin. And they were the group of people, and unlike the children of Israel that worship the God of the Bible, they worship a group of these demon gods, and their main god, Chemosh also called for human sacrifices. These were not good people. And this is the culture that Ruth would have grown uh, grown up in. She would have been one of those people who was outside. She would have been one of those people that they would have looked at and said, she's too far gone. And as I was studying this week, I had to wonder, who are those people that I have in my life? I thought they're too far gone. I wouldn't say it out loud, but if I'm honest, I was convicted this week because i got some friends I don't pray for as much as I used to. God, I've done it for so long. Clearly, you're not bringing them in. Maybe they're too far gone. You're too much of an outsider. Again, that's a sermon for another day. This is a short one, so I've got to keep it there for you. And yet she's coming in, and we see in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, when they're entering into Israel, her mother-in-law Naomi says, No, just go back to your people. This is going to be hard. You're going to be an outsider. You're not going to know the culture. And she looks at Naomi, she looks at her mother-in-law, and we have this, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more than anything but death parts me from you. And I usually only hear this verse in wedding ceremonies. The weddings hijack hijacked. It's not about weddings. But again, that's another soapbox for another day. So as we get here, she comes in, and they're poor. Right? These, these are widows, and they didn't have Social Security. right? They didn't have someone to come in and help them, but God being the God who he was. See, don't believe that lies. that the God of the Old Testament didn't love people. The God of the Old Testament wasn't merciful. The God of the Old Testament didn't look out for people. Right? Because the way that she was able to eat and not starve to death, she would have done if she would have stayed in the Moabite camp. In most of the places on earth at this day and age, her and Naomi would have starved to death if they didn't go into the adult industry. And yet in Leviticus 19, 9, and 10, God tells his people this when they're coming out of Egypt. He says, when you reap the harvest of your land, You shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. Sojourner means outcast, outsider, right? Immigrant. For I am the Lord your God. So God writes into his life, hey, I know there's going to be those that are outsiders. I know there's going to be those that are poor. I know there's going to be those that need something. So if your field is here, you leave it. And when those widows come, when the orphans come through, when those migrants come through and they don't have anything to eat, you remind them that because I have provided for you, provision will be made for them. See so often because it's hard, and it's hard to understand the Old Testament from our modern viewpoint. We just listen to what the news says. Oh, God's an angry God. Back then, he didn't care, and that's not the case. See, even before Ruth was born, we see the providence and grace of God preparing to save Ruth. But see, Boaz was the man that owned the field she gleaned in, and Boaz even went above and beyond. Right, he didn't just abide by the law, but he was generous in heart. And this leads Ruth in chapter 2, verse 10. She asks Boaz this question. He's not just leaving on the edge. He's even telling his workers, hey, those bundles you have, take some and throw it down. You're not leaving enough. There's this lady that needs to be taken care of. And she goes and she asks him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? That's a valid question. Why do you care? No one would look down on you if you didn't. didn't, Right? If you didn't do this, you would not lose any social standing. No one would think less of you. You're going above and beyond. You're losing money to take care of it. Why? This foreigner, this outcast. And see, Ruth's story is our story. Each one of us, even if we were born into a Christian family, we're born outside the family of God. God doesn't have grandkids. He adopts us in. In fact, one of the biggest lies that we have in our modern context in the Western world is that we're all the children of God, right? Y'all heard that one? That's not true. The Bible never says that every human is a child of God. In fact, it says the exact opposite. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians, which is one of my favorite books, I think we might do it next fall, between that and one other one, so we'll see. But in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7, listen to what the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write. He says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I'm a among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But, God, if there are two words in the entire English language that I think are the most beautiful, it is but, God, because that is our story If you're in Christ. I don't care what leads up to that, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which He loved us even when you were dead in your trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Excuse me. It's also your chance to say amen, right? If you can't say amen to that, we're wrong, Amen. Right? I mean, that is the story of the gospel. Have you ever gotten to that place that you asked where Ruth did? Why are you being so generous to me? Like, have you ever gotten to that place in your life where you go to God and you go, why? I don't deserve it. I know my heart. Right, here's the thing, is I know for a fact, because I know my heart, I'm the biggest sinner in this room. Right? Just because I have the mic doesn't mean that I'm some holy guy on a pedestal. No, I know my sin. Like one of my heroes always uh, heard him often make a joke that if God removed his grace, every one of us is three days away from the cover of a Right? It's his grace that comes and it covers us. And consider your life Right. Do you, like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, believe that your salvation is something God owes you? Oh, you owe me this? Or is it something you deserve? Or do you, like Ruth, turn to God in amazement and go, why me? Why are you so gracious to me? And seeing the providence of God, he orchestrated the life of Ruth in such a way that she would be brought into the people of God, and not just brought into the people of God, but the very line of Christ himself. it's easy for us to look back at stories, right? Stories in the Bible, or sometimes stories like if we get a biography or a history book and see the providence of God, right? It's easy to see in our own lives sometimes in the rearview mirror, right? I'm guilty of that. Goodness gracious, I can look back over my life and say, hasn't he been faithful? But even this week, I had a day where I said, God, where are you at? Studying his own sermon. God, are you here? Are you listening? Where are you at? See, sometimes we think that God only works this way in the Old Testament. Sometimes he only works this way for other people. But I couldn't help but think of the verse when I was reading Paul, when he's in Athens, in Acts chapter 17, he's standing there before the men of Athens, and he says this. He says that he, God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Like, I don't know your story, and I know that this room is more packed out because we have the kids thing, but maybe, just maybe, right, your kid or your grandkid or your niece or your nephew was in this production today so that you would hear Christ bellow out. No, I'm pursuing you. I'm leaving We out. Don't you see my provision and my care come to me when you're an outsider and I will bring you in? Because that's the message for all of us. Right, then looking back at the life of Ruth and the questions she asked Boaz, right, Boaz answered that question. And it's funny, he could have answered it saying, well, I'm rich and I can do it. Oh, hey, tell people and I'll look better. Or, oh, hey, I just did it because it's the end of the tax year. I want to make sure I get the the write-off. No, if you look at his answer that he gives her, he says, may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Boaz quotes to God, and he doesn't say, no, I'm great. He goes, no, no, no I can be generous to you because I was, I serve a God who was generous to me. I just have to wonder how often she told that story. Right, because see, this was part of her testimony. For some of us, we shut it up. Right, God will bring us in, and then we keep our mouths shut. We never say anything. And I wonder what we would lack if Ruth was like that. God is sheltering her under his wing. I just have to wonder if King David, remember his grandmother, Ruth? The foreigner, the outsider, the grandmother of King David. See, David wrote in Psalm 19:4 that God will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. All right? So, those of you, grandmas, grandpas, parents, tell your story to your kids and your grandkids, because it will resonate out, and you won't even know the impact it'll have, right? By the time that David is writing this, Ruth is most likely dead. I yet the story that she told this little boy on her knee. I just—I can use my holy imagination. Okay, the Bible's here. I'm going to step over here. Okay. It's not the Bible. I'm to use our holy imagination. like right? She was probably a good grandma. She probably at least once or twice put little David on her knee. Right? As he's going out to tend these sheep, hey, don't worry about those lions. Don't worry about those tigers and bears because God will cover you. Because see, when I needed covering, he covered me. So Amen. tell your story. Tell your testimony. <laughs> and I would ask you to take some time this week in 25, 30 minutes. If you just take money through Friday, it's five minutes in, Read the story. It will encourage you. At the very end of the story, I'm closing with this. I promise it on my last page. <laughs> Naomi. Amen. Ruth's mother-in-law. She turns to Ruth. Because at this point, Boaz becomes her kinsman redeemer. He redeems her. He says, no, no, I'll marry you. I will be the one that covers you. I'll protect you. I'll make sure you don't go hungry. I'll make sure you're not out on the street. I'll make sure you're not in some place that wicked men can take advantage of you. And because of this, Naomi tells Ruth, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you without family, the Redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. Not Boaz's name. Sorry. May God's name become well known because he has rescued you. And guess the story of Ruth is my story. If you are in Christ, the story of Ruth is your story. And even if you're not in Christ, maybe just maybe you're here this morning. Because the story of Ruth will be your story. Because just as Boaz redeemed Ruth. Right? When we read this book, if you're reading Ruth and you, uh, you're a Boaz, but no, you're not Boaz. A little rule of thumb, if you're ever in the Bible and there's a good guy, you're not him. Right? If there's a bad guy, that's you. And if there's a good guy, it points to Jesus. See, Jesus is a better redeemer. See, just as Ruth was redeemed because of the providence of God, God providentially knew there was one coming in her line that would be a greater Boaz, a greater redeemer. <clears throat> Christ the King. Right? And if we are not redeemed, we are like Ruth without hope. We are like Ruth wondering, will today be the last day that I have any hope? Will today be another day that I wrestle with bitterness? In the last book of Scripture, Revelation 5, 9 through 10, we're giving some lyrics of one of those worship songs in heaven. John sees the white throne around the throne of heaven. These are the lyrics from this heavenly worship song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed, you redeemed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth forever. I you don't know that, right? We're not going up, going up to heaven to sit on clouds gonna, you know roads forever, right? That's Tom and Jerry. That's not the Bible. By the end of the story, is Earth redeemed? All the flesh redeemed? Resurrection bodies. And so, I'm going to ask for those of you who have been redeemed: Have you, like Bruce, shared that story with someone? Right? If there was a King David in your line, would he be able to repeat what you told him? And for those of you who are sitting here, and you cannot say for fact, yes, I've been redeemed. It doesn't resonate with you. Guys, I'm going to give you a, right? I know it's Methodist on the side, but we're running. I'm going to give you what I call the Presbyterian cheering offer call, right? My name and number's on the back. I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you coffee. I'm going to hang out here up front after the service, right? My folks are here. We're probably going to have a late lunch come talk to me, right? Don't let this pass up. And if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not good enough, or man, he wouldn't want me, that's Ruth. Ruth deserves much, much less. And if you do, let me buy you lunch or coffee. I'll tell you that so did I. And yet he redeemed me. And every single Christian, that's their story. If you ever meet someone who says, no, I was good enough, he brought me in because, you know, he needed to win the game. Those people in Bibles that are actually in. Uh, If you would, please remain standing and receive this benediction. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you all, beloved. Go in peace.